have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Hello, welcome back to The Playbook, a podcast where we talk all about the NBA. Uh, I'm your host, Sal, as usual, joined by my co-host, Mark. Uh, How's it going, Mark? It's going good. I'm enjoying the playoff basketball. Yeah, we have a packed week full of basketball, and uh, I'm expecting this to be a longer episode, but we'll see how it goes. Um, You know, uh, since we last recorded, we have the play-in to cover, and we have the playoffs. We're going to drop some predictions. As well, at the end of this episode, we will talk about award nominees, as those have also been released on the day of recording. So I think an appropriate place to jump right into this would be the first play-in game which was Cleveland and Brooklyn. Um, yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn came out with the W, uh, as most people would expect, 115-108. to 108. Uh, and Closer than most expected, probably. Yeah, closer, closer. Um, I know the Cavs did have a little bit of a surgence uh, when I was watching it, at least. They were down, they were down at the start, I believe, right? And then they kind of came back and made it a game. Um, yeah, uh, you really noticed the loss of Jared Allen. I mean, that was obvious enough ever since he's gone hurt, but wasn't back for the first play-in game, right? Only came back for the second. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Jared Allen did eventually come back uh, for the play-in, but we'll talk about that pretty soon. Um, you know, uh, Karis LeVert uh, tried to play hero ball, which he usually tries to do at least from what I was watching on Indiana uh, which I always disliked a lot but um, yeah the Cavs came back in the second quarter uh, and Darius Garland really turned it up in the third uh, but um, at the end of the third period Kyrie Irving did have 30 points on 100% field goal or 100 field goal percentage uh, which is obviously extremely impressive uh, Kevin Love and Rondo played really good off the bench for the Cavs in their attempt to fight back for this game. But um, Claxton played a big role in this game as well because Drummond wasn't able to guard Mobley or Kevin Love uh, due to how many fouls he had. And just, uh, you know, Drummond kind of gets benched when it comes down to the end of games. Um, but uh, from what uh, the notes I received in this game was that uh, the Nets kind of had to figure out something more defensive defensively because they relied a lot on their shot making and um you know defense wins championships so well whoever scores more points wins the game right um but yeah i mean karis as you said that hero ball right it's kind of been the death of his career that's kind of been what's limited him from taking that next step yeah. He really wants to be that superstar, but he is not good enough to be that superstar. Um, but the Nets, actually, I yes, they've had Claxton. He isn't new to the team, right? But just that knowing what Claxton is probably added to them. Like, remember when they traded Jared Allen? Yeah. Just ha- knowing that they had Claxton probably added to the level of comfort in trading a guy like Jared Allen because of what he is. I mean... He will be, like, after Drummond's gone, because I don't think Drummond's going to be on the team 
maybe even next year. Well, he said he wasn't going to be on the team realistically. He said he wants to get paid, and right now he's on a minimum. So, Yeah, which, make, which makes total sense. And, I mean, as long as they have Claxton under contract, which I think they have for at, at least – like, they definitely have him for next year. Um, he'll probably be the starting center for then. And, and he was really good in, that, in the game against the Cavs. Uh, he's, got, he's got that athletic ability that Drummond does not have. Um, but he's he's a he's a cool young player. Super to efficient too. Well, you have to look at the well, type he of takes, shots. Yeah, he he's takes taking, shots right? like all around. It's like, like three feet within the rim. It's but, like you know, it's like earlier in the season you would see like Kuminga have some regular season games where he was shooting like seventy five percent at one point, but it was because it was off of like four straight alley oops, mm-hmm. and you just dunk it. It's the same situation with Claxton, but he's got really good hands. Claxton actually, he like catch, he like catches balls really well. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What I liked about Claxton, uh, which I've kind of liked in all the games I've seen of him this season, uh, I really like. You know, he's a faster, quicker big man. It's more agile, so his ability to run right to the basket um, can expose a lot it's of a big runner. men. And it, it can expose a lot of big men. Like, I mean, when he plays against my favorite team, I mean, it, it's a game where he's going to shoot close to 100 percent from the field because he can literally just bypass any big man. That's kind of a little bit slower um well he's a true rim runner right yeah like, it's like he's he a true he's got rim that runner. high motor and everything i mean yeah he's kind of he's not no obviously nowhere near the same the same defensive asset that a guy like deandre jordan used to be but it's of that same mold mm-hmm. right high high energy not super skilled big but knows how to has really good hands knows how to be in the right spot at the right time on both ends of the court and doesn't seem to run out of like willingness to just sprint back and forth, even if he goes like ten possessions straight without touching the ball. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that game was expected to be a Nets win, uh, so that secured the Nets the seventh seed to play against the Celtics. Um, and uh, let's talk about the Wolves Clippers game. This was the next game in the play-in, the second game of that night. Now, this was a a great game, uh, a great game. Uh, Incredible. A, a lot of people are gonna know remember this game for Patrick Beverly. Uh, who some people would make fun of because of how much he was celebrating, but he was incredible this game. He was great. And the whole making fun of Patrick Beverly thing is so stupid. I agree. I it's totally agree so with you. dumb. Totally like, agree. I, I don't I don't care that he didn't win a championship. I don't care if you think it was over the top that he was jumping onto the scorer's table. This guy was on the Clippers for, for a good amount of time. He probably felt at home in LA. He was a big part of the culture in on that Clippers team for a while. And he felt disrespected by the team because they didn't give him the money he felt he deserved. Fair enough. Obviously, the Clippers disagreed. That's why they didn't give him the money. And they agreed to trade him off. First, he ended up in Memphis, I'm pretty sure. Then eventually ended up in, I forgot in Minnesota. About that Memphis. Yeah, he had <laughs> he had like that. He had that, like, he tweeted out, like, let's go with the Grizzlies. And oh, then they yeah, traded him, yeah. like, five no, seconds. I remember. remember that? No, I remember. Yeah, but he felt disrespected by the Clippers. The Clippers obviously felt that they didn't need his services anymore, especially for the contract that he was expecting. Um, I mean, and the this was a Clippers team not full strength, but they had Paul George back, right? So most people expected them to to win this game, and the Timberwolves hopefully take the eighth seed because I think most people wanted the Timberwolves to make the playoffs. But people thought, okay, Clippers win, they'll secure this, and it was a really really close game the whole time, and there was a lot riding a lot riding on it, especially for the Timberwolves. 
they've made the playoffs one other time since 2004, I think it is. And yeah, that was Jimmy Butler. With Jimmy uh, Butler. Yeah. They didn't do too much in the playoffs that year, to be fair. But still, the whole Jimmy Butler thing. Yeah. Um, but this means a lot to this Timberwolves franchise. It does. This it does. This means a lot to them. And this is like... This is like Obviously, it's not winning a championship. No one's no one's gonna argue that. But this is a huge thing for this team. This is a like this core has not been together for a long time. Chris Finch only became the coach last season. They've taken they've gone leaps and bounds ever since they've put this team together. Anthony Edwards is like he was great last season. He was great in his rookie year, and he's taken a huge jump. They're they're going places, and this is just a start of all. This means so much to the team. I don't understand how you can just like diss a guy for not celebrating. Yeah, exactly. I'd be super hyped. Like, no, I'd be, I'd be over the moon. I'd be ecstatic. I just pretty much just said like, screw you to the team that got rid of me. Exactly. And this was a game that started off with Carl Anthony Towns going zero for seven in the half, and he only had two points. He was already in foul trouble. Um, and yeah, Carl uh, he had four fouls in the second. Uh, he was a null. And he was bad. He was bad, he was and terrible. no one expected. Him, uh, the, sorry, the Timberwolves to win this game. Nobody expected it. And no. um, someone in the second, in the first half, was writing on the court, trying to glue themselves to the floor. That was, uh, I guess, the start well, of this whole fan uh, rebellion thing that's going on. But, well, there's a reason for it, right? Like, it's not just, they're not yeah. just and it's not rebellion. It's a protest <laughs> against protest, Glenn Taylor. But, yeah, um, which. And, I, I mean, they did a pretty good job at covering it up in the game. I mean, at least no one really knew what it was about when they were broadcasting it. So, I mean, props to them. Shoot, the lady had of... a shirt. Yeah. The lady had a shirt, and you couldn't yeah. really read the shirt. But no. uh, as far as I'm aware, it was against Glenn Taylor. The owner of the... Some... Uh, used... I, I, I can't remember if he's... I know it's I think... uh, Rodriguez, uh, A-Rod. Yeah, Alex, uh, A-Rod has a part ownership in the part team, ownership. but... But uh, Glenn, Ta- yeah, Glenn Taylor uh, owned owned a chicken farm, and there was like a mass killing of the chickens due to some reason. I'm not totally sure, but that's what the it was a it was a protest in regards to animal animal cruelty. I can't say the specifics. I'm not yeah, not 100% on. but uh, but this was a great game. It was a great game. D'Lo, uh, D'Angelo Russell was great in this game. Um, yeah. Uh, especially down the uh, stretch of the second quarters where I kind of started taking notes on uh, D'Lo as well as um, what I like from Carl Anthony Towns in the second half was he was able to crash the glass. And, I mean, a a couple times I think he got over the back fouls. I think he did end up fouling out of this game uh, with seven minutes left in the fourth. But, I mean, what I liked from him is he was really able to pass out of the post off the rebound and play make for his teams to get, like, like, open threes and stuff. Yeah. and I kind of like the energy that they brought into the second half. Obviously, it's kind of what won them the game. But, I mean, oh, yeah. the Clippers didn't uh, slack off either. Uh, I mean, like, Norm Powell uh, was really great. Uh, same with Paul George, kind of turned it up as well. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it was, no, like, I can't imagine what the locker room was like before the game in the Timberwolves locker room. Because I'm sure Patrick Beverly was in there probably screaming at his teammates, just trying to be like, we are not losing this game, especially to this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure from now on, every time Patrick Beverly plays against the Clippers, there's going to be something like there's extra, there's more to it. It's not like some other former teams he's had where like, I'm fairly confident with like the Rockets. It's less of like a, like yeah, a I hate you guys now. A, yeah. That is with the Clippers. Um. Yeah, I just, like, I, I don't know. I really didn't like everyone being like, oh, like, why are you celebrating? Like, people laugh. 
LeBron I was happy for the guy. Patrick I was really Be- happy for the guy. LeBron laughing at the celebrations when he's not even in the playoffs this season makes no sense to me. Yeah. I have no issue with the. I'm not like one of those crazy LeBron haters. I'm a huge fan of his. But you're sitting at home. I don't. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past right now. It matters what you're doing right now. You are sitting at home. He's going to the playoffs. What are you laughing at? You just had a team with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on it, and you finished as what the 11th seed. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to the playoffs, and you're laughing at him. It, look, it, it was it, it made no sense. It made no sense while people, like um, I'm sure most people listening to this also listen to the JJ JJ Reddick's podcast where he was like, "Why are people complaining about him celebrating too much?" And it really does make no sense. Yeah. Um. And yeah, this was just an incredible game. Awesome watch. They uh, Timberwolves ended up having a 25 to five run in seven minutes, uh, which was nuts. D'Angelo Russell took the lead, and he was super clutch down the stretch. Uh, Patrick Beverly was kind of had his moment in this game. The final moment of the game was him getting a clutch steal to seal the win for the Wolves. And he ended up with uh, seven points and 10 rebounds, uh, which I read. I, I mean, I didn't read it. Sorry. They, the announcer said that he leads the league in rebounds for a guard under 6'4 or 6'3, which is, um, I mean, it's 6'4, 6'3, but he leads the league in rebounds for a guard under that. Um, it, it was something like that. Uh, I mean, normally it would be Westbrook, right? But um it was some maybe it's, some maybe it's under like maybe yeah it's probably under 6-3 because Westbrook yeah. is 6-3 under 6-3 he's that's getting what it was. seven and a half a game yeah. Patrick Beverly's getting like four and a half a game and so that, that's what it was um and yeah this but, game uh couldn't have asked for more from these playing games so far I mean all of them all, all of them were good except for the Hornets one which will the play whoever whoever thought of the play look I still have mixed feelings on the play-in I'm not sure if e- either the Timberwolves or the Clippers should have even had to participate in some sort of play-in, but the games are like without a doubt so entertaining. Great. I mean, they're one-off games, but like there's a lot of riding on it because obviously no one wants to waste 82 games of a season and then not make the playoffs, especially as the seventh and eighth seed. Yeah, there's a big playoff atmosphere. Like it's it's not oh, the yeah. play-in; it's like the playoffs. Like that's what it's, I counted like, as part of the playoffs. It's like in March Madness. It's like in March Madness when you when you have the two teams trying to qualify for the 16th seed mm-hmm. to get into the tournament, right? This is the same idea, except higher stakes on a bigger stage as well. Um, Absolutely. Let's talk about this Hawks Hornets game now. This game was horrible, um, to say the least. Hornets ended up uh, getting slaughtered by the Hawks. They couldn't stop turning the ball over and. Uh, Trey and Lamelo both started off really bad, um, and in the first half, uh, Trey Young was one for eight and Lamelo was one for nine, um, which uh, wasn't the best. That you don't want to see that from your star players. But I really liked uh, what the Hawks were doing with um, Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter were getting a lot of open threes, and I really like Gallinari, who's kind of impressed me a lot in all these games that I've watched of the Hawks because I didn't expect him to be this good but like he's been great especially off the pick and roll and like these tough fadeaways that he takes over defenders which I mean I mean this is a guy that I mean like back I remember Gallinari for his Clipper days obviously that's what most people remember him for and I mean like yeah he was great there and he's kind of like showing me like what I can kind of remember from when he was there oh I I mean Gallo I have uh, some bad memories associated with Gallo, especially when it comes to fantasy basketball. 
held on to the guy for the entire <laughs> season. He was terrible. The second I drop him, he drops like forty. Yeah. Which was incredible. But uh I think I think this this game should be a big wake up call for the Hornets. Huge one. And I know they're a young team, but they're really not that good. Um there's only so much Lamelo can do. And to be fair, Lamelo did not play very well in this game, even no. though the counting stats may look good. Uh, he did not play well. He did not. Uh, he also, had, I think, had five fouls or something like that. But really, like, the Hawks, I think I think they kind of show that they're still a really good team. I mean, I, th- I think most people kind of understood that they're not, they didn't just out of nowhere become this terrible team. But, um, yeah, they, they complained earlier in the season about how the regular season was boring, and they showed that they are a playoff team. Yeah. And even even though this was still the play-in, but I th- uh, back to the Hornets. You're not going any anywhere, any like anywhere the Hornets obviously want to go. With Miles Plumley playing big minutes, with PJ Washington playing big minutes. Mason Plumley. Mason, sorry. <laughs> I had to correct you. Isn't that his brother, Miles? Uh, there's a Miles Plumley. Yeah. yeah. Is there a third Plumley? Yeah. There's a Miles and a ti- and yeah. uh, Miles. There's three Plumleys. Or is there three Zellers? I can't remember. Oh, it might be Zellers. Zellers. Yeah, Zellers that there's three. Oh, no, wait. No, there's a Miles there, Plumley. There, there's a, Miles there's a Plumley. Marshall Plumley. And a Marshall. Marshall, Marshall Plumley. <laughs> he played for the Knicks and the Bucks. His, he last played in 2018. So, yeah, there there are three. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, you're not, you're not like, really this roster is not that well and they're, they're kind of stuck in a hole with um, that Hayward contract. Absolutely, and and it's even aside from that Hayward contract, this is not that good of a team. Uh, no, Terry Rozier, good player, no issues there. Uh, but at what point do you start to like? We've seen the hole, and I'm not gonna go too crazy because Lamelo still has another two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. But if they let, because the same thing happened to them last season. Right against yep, the Pacers. To the Pacers yep. They got blown out in the first playing game, and it's just happened again. Let's say they don't progress. They like the next two seasons. Pretty much the same thing happens again. Maybe one year they make it to the next game, and then they just lose there. At what point do you get you start getting worried about how happy Lamelo is? Well, staying? the first step to fixing this is to move Hayward. That's not easy. But it's not easy. Yeah, not That's a lot of people easy. want to take on that contract. And like. Michael Jordan is terrible at the whole running a basketball team thing. Good at basketball. Bad yeah. at running a basketball yeah, team. Yeah, bad at running a basketball team. Uh, he like It seems like he has no clue what he's doing. I don't understand what they did with Book Knight this season. Yeah, I didn't you like draft that. You drafted him, what, 11th uh, overall? Like and, and like, I, I like the pick. I, I really for, like Book Knight. For the team, I think like, really not good. playing him. That's what I'm kind of... Oh, no, the team to. not playing him was yeah. stupid because why did you draft him? I th- I like. Like if he's you're got, gonna do he's... that, take like Chris Duarte, a guy that's a veteran. If you want it, actually get a guy that's gonna be oh, in yeah. rotation. You take like, a guy that's at least be... yeah. more NBA more NBA yeah. ready, right? Because yeah. I think Book Knight going into the draft had potential. It's probably be like the the probably the like a top five score in the class for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the second best score in the class. Um, and then you just kind of don't touch him for the whole season. Yeah, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is fine whatever but like kelly Oubre, he's so inconsistent montrez doesn't make any sense with no, the team like not at all you can, like the hornets he's the a hornets free agent are transition. after this i believe yeah, yeah yeah but the hornets are a transition team right they don't they don't really 
they don't really operate that well in a half court offense. They don't play defense. No. That 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 was obvious enough. But you can get you can make the playoffs without playing defense, right? Like that's possible. But you have to be good in the half court. And they are not good in the half court. It's the type of thing you want LaMelo to be in charge of, right? And he's what, this was his second year, I'm pretty sure? Yeah, second year. So like he's like he he has time. It's it's not a concern like that'll come obviously and he's already improved from his rookie year but uh miles miles bridges is cool good and all but what is his ceiling really not much is, is he going higher. like he, i don't i don't I'm not saying he won't get better than what he is now but He'll he has better, limitations to his game right he's got limitations and i think yeah. he's a he's a big beneficiary of how fast paced the hornets are yeah but the playoff slows down Teams are more aware, especially defensively, what's going on. Game plans are different. It's more locked in, right? Because mm-hmm. you have more time to prep for this individual opponent. And I know this is just the play-in. But this is not a difficult team to play against. And there really doesn't seem to be much hope of them becoming a difficult team to play against with this roster, what they have right now. Do they even have their draft pick this year? I'm not sure, but I'm not really sure who they can even get in the certain range that would fit them. Yeah, they're just really, there's just really like, you have Lamelo, amazing. You need to get Miles that, Bridges, you need to get that cool. second guy. You need to get a second guy for Lamelo. I don't even know. Like, I'm not even worried about championships. I'm worried about being a playoff team. Yeah, to be a playoff team, you still need a, a second guy. I, I don't think. I think they. they have... I, th- I think. I think they have the potential to be like a consistent playoff team with this roster, but it's just that, like, this roster need the players themselves need to improve. Yeah, and by quite a bit, and they've got time on their hands. That's clear enough. But how much like, time? How much time do you give get it? angry? You know exactly. Um, like. and this was a team that apparently they hung up the Pacers box score, uh, in their practice facility to motivate them to do good in this play-in series. So I guess they'll be hanging up two box scores now. Um, yeah, I don't know if you knew about that, but yeah, they had the Pacers. I had no idea. Pacers score. Doug McDermott, franchise owner in that game, but. Uh, you know, I they hung up the Pacers' the score. Time. I think they lost by about close to 30, just like they did this time. And, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty funny. Miles Bridges ends the game by throwing his mouthpiece at a, uh, a teenage girl, which is pretty funny. Um, he was trying pretty to funny. hit some guy uh, that was, I don't know, excited because they lost, you know, and he got angry about it. So I don't know what words were exchanged between the fan and the Miles, but uh, he hit the wrong person, and um, I don't know. He wants hefty fine, hefty fine, fifty thousand um, dollars, which is excessive. Yeah, a little excessive. Um, I mean, he apologized. Like Miles Bridges wants to reach out to the girl, which I don't know how possible that is because anyone can say that they're affiliated to this girl. But um, I think we can move on from this game. Pretty disappointing uh, play-in game from the Hornets side of things, but not surprising. Uh, yeah, not really surprising. Not surprising. Especially against the uh, the Hawks, you know. Um, now let's move on to the uh, Pelicans versus, uh, what was it, the Clippers? Or was it? Spurs. Spurs, sorry. Spurs first. Yeah, Spurs first. Game. Um, this game started pretty close. Yeah. And then it got big and then ended at least relatively close, right? Pelicans only won by 10, but Pelicans mm-hmm. were in control for most of the game. CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. Valentinus can't stop that. Herb Jones. Yeah, Herb. I was just gonna say is so good at basket. 
is oh nuts. my goodness it's crazy <laughs> now there's this youtube channel there's this youtube channel uh that does deep dives on like more a more analytical look at things that go on in the nba rather than just breakdowns called uh thinking basketball i can't remember what the, ho- the host ben taylor's the host uh and he released a video two days ago asking is be- uh, herbert jones the best rookie perimeter defender ever and that may sound extreme but like davion mitchell's called off night herb jones should also be called off night but f- not just for the player he's guarding, for the team he's up against. Yeah, he's incredible. Like he's so incredible. incredible. How he fell to thirty, like thirty fourth pick or something, is just beyond. He's me. already an all defensive, like an all NBA type defender. Oh, absolutely. And he's not going to get it this year because he's a rookie. But I mean, next year, very well. If someone wanted to put money on Herb Jones making all defensive team next year, I wouldn't blame them. Uh, Oh yeah, some people already have Herb Jones on their ballots, yeah. like some media people who yeah. have already voted. I can't remember. I th- maybe it was Bill Simmons. I'm not sure, but they already have Herb Jones on an all defensive team, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I I see absolutely no issue with that. I don't see how anyone can see. like he's so he the the way his feet move on defense, right? Like he always takes these like little baby steps, so he can't really get sh- like shook as much. But because he's guarding smaller guys, he's guarding bigger guys, he's guarding wings, he's guarding everyone, and like he he doesn't really get sh- like shaken on offense when like a little guy's trying to dribble around him right because he's he's so active on with his feet and you can't like target either one of his feet because he rotates so well his hip mobility is incredible and he's so like active even when he's not when even when he's like he's he's not guarding the ball the ball handler uh the way he rotates the switches the way he fights over screens go, like go, just goes through them it's incredible to see uh he's a huge piece he Herb Jones, outside of Zion, uh, Brand Ingram, I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick between CJ McCollum and Herb Jones on who to keep, I'd. I, I'm probably keeping Herb Jones. Yeah, and just to think, like if this season started off with Zion being healthy, like maybe he wouldn't have gotten this opportunity to kind of show his skills because I know he didn't really turn up until like I, I guess it was a few months into the season. I don't remember hearing a lot about him until then. And oh, yeah. I mean, another guy that you can't sleep on this game was actually incredible was uh, Jose Alvarado, one of the best stories coming out of this year's uh, NBA season. And the little steals. I mean, he had a huge steal. Uh, and he stole it right from the uh, Spurs with a few, a couple seconds left on the shot clock. CJ McCollum's right behind him, trailing. Didn't even have to set his feet, just pulls up for three, and it was so beautiful. Amazing basketball play. Um, I also liked what I saw from Valanciunas this game, especially when Zach Collins was on him. He was really able to just get right into the paint and like use his footwork. Cause I mean, I think Valanciunas personally, I'd say he has pretty good footwork and he was able to get into the paint and have a soft touch around the rim. Um, but the Spurs, uh, didn't give up. Uh, it wasn't a blowout. Uh, the Spurs actually had a 16 to one run and, uh, but it wasn't enough because Ingram and Valanciunas scored six in a row to put them up 11 with three minutes left in the game. But honestly, incredible game. Um, Speaking of Zach Collins, you just mentioned him briefly. His agent has to be one of the best in the league. I'm not sure who it is. He got paid. Didn't he get paid by No, he didn't get paid that much. He only got three years, $22 million, Which, obviously, like we're saying, three years, $22 and he didn't, million. He didn't play money, the but, year before, though, right? But he's had terrible injury problems yeah, in Portland. Yeah, exactly. He, like, he, the year before he got paid, he only played 11 games. This season he only played twenty eight, 
Actually, no. Yeah, no. He didn't play the full year before. Like he didn't play any of last yeah, season. Yeah, he didn't play any of last season. The year before, he only played eleven games. And the his two like f- relatively fully health years, it's not like he showed a great deal. And he got a, a second contract, which is like the P- Portland didn't even pick up his fourth year option, as far as I'm aware. Uh, or maybe they did, but how he got that second deal, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's what uh, I'm saying. Like, like, I don't really think he deserved it, work. and it's Especially great. Like, he got paid for what million. his history is. He got paid Se- seven million a year for. Yeah, nobody for, expected uh, that that to come in last uh, free agency. Uh, I remember. I, I didn't. That's for sure. But yeah. I mean, Herb Jones is so good. Yeah. If like the Pelicans started this season one and twelve, I don't know if you remember that, I but do. they started the season. Their first 13 games, they won one. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, they finished, what, I think it's 36 and 45? That doesn't add up. 36 and something. Something like that. 46, probably. At, at, Without at, Zion all year. That like, does add up to I mean, they made the play in. Uh, just shows, like, this Pelicans team. Uh, I mean, you add Zion. They're good. And they're good. They're a good team. They're, they're a good team, especially after the C.J. McCollum trade. Who did they give up for C.J. McCollum? Uh, it, it was um, Josh Hart. Um, Josh Hart, right. Uh, I'm trying to think who else it was. I think it was mainly just Josh Hart. Um, did they give up a pick as well? Yeah, I think they gave their pick for... I don't know if it was a second, but... Um, I think they also gave up... Uh, oh, Nikhil. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who got dealt to the Jazz. Thomas Sadoransky, and a first, and a 2022 first. Yeah. So this year's first, which will be outside of the lottery. Um, so nothing. Yeah. Really. Basically nothing. I got CJ for free. It's, the it's a good The Trailblazers, I don't know what they... They had the plan of, like trying to get some Retool assets for... to trade for another star to play next to Dame instead of just free running up money back for this year's offseason. I don't think they were really going to sign anyone. I think it was just oh, like well, I mean, try to get like a bunch sign of young when assets. the top free agents or guards. Try to get well, they could try a second guard. Well, they just Dame, did but... that with CJ though. <laughs> yeah, but you could try something different. Like Harden? Try a different. Harden is not going to Portland. I know. Um, that's but... The... <laughs> but like I don't know, you could like try maybe like use those assets trade for like a jeremy grant then sign someone in the offseason or something something we'll see but they didn't get these assets back in return for what they gave out no they didn't they, they just... trade they trade robert covington and norman powell for nothing mm-hmm. like they practically gave the two away and especially norman powell is a valuable asset in today's nba robert covington too and you gave up cj McCollum for Nikhil alexander walker and josh hart and a middle mid first round pick yeah, um, whoever's running it there, we're gonna be following be them pretty close the in this off season. We'll be following them. Um, the Trailblazers are a dumpster fire. We gotta get back into this play and stuff. There's a couple more games in the play in, and then we gotta cover the playoffs. So uh, let's talk about the Paul George game. Uh, or, no, actually, uh, we got news before actually, before the Cavs Hawks game. We found out that Paul George would miss uh, 
the final play in game, uh, which we'll get into because that was also a pretty good game. But uh, let's talk about the Cavs and Hawks first. This was a game that I wanted the Cavs to win so badly. Jared Allen came back to try and help the Cavs win. Uh, I was a Cavaliers fan for the day because if the Cavs made the playoffs, they would have given the Pacers their first-round pick, uh, which they didn't end up winning. So the Pacers get the lottery protection pick for next year from the Cavs. It carries over. But uh, the Cavs started off on fire. Um, Clint Capella injured himself, which looks like it could be a lengthy injury, or like at least for the next couple of games in the playoffs. But Didn't Mobley fall. Uh, Molly Mobley, uh, yeah, fell right on uh, his right under his like knee. He like fell and like yeah, slided right into right under his, his knee. Yeah. Um, Laurie Markkinen was really great for the uh, Cavs, and Mobley had this insane block, uh, just chase down block in the third quarter. I wrote that down as well. Um, but the Hawks kind of came back um, in the third quarter, taking the lead, uh, which they didn't really have all game. And, uh, yeah, they outscored the Cavs 33-22 uh, to 22 in the third quarter. Um, and Karis Levert tries to do his hero ball again. Um, Trey Young was being guarded by Karis Levert, and, you know, he's going to get exposed when you're being guarded by a not very good defender. And um, one thing I saw on the bright side from Karras defensively was he had one stop uh, in the post against uh, Gallinari, I believe, which was kind of impressive, but then he was just bad the rest of the game. He hucked up some crazy shot at the end of the game to try and win it or to try and, like, tie it up, but it was bad. And, um, man, that game just made me as as a Pacers fan incredibly angry, especially because Karis Levert sold the bag for the Hawks. Um what what are your thoughts on this game? I just gotta first I gotta mention Evan Mobley. I know it's the rookie of the year's a regular season award, and I know the play in doesn't count as the regular season. But it also doesn't count as the playoffs, so it's in this weird limbo, but the way Evan Mobley performed in his first two, like, play-in, playoff, whatever, non-regular season games. Look, I personally am of the opinion that Rookie of the Year is not close. That's where I stand on it. It's not close. Evan Mobley is the runaway. But this just adds to it. Evan Mobley is a stupidly good player. In today's NBA, he came in from the jump playing like this when a lot of people thought that he would need the most time. I, I and that. in his first two non-regular season games, he does this. Now, look, the, the counting numbers may not be the most ridiculous thing in the world. What, in the game against the Hawks, 18, 8, 5, and 2 blocks. But the way he moves, the way he slides, the way he can switch on to anyone, even offensively, like, he's just available at all times. He's so active. He's an incredible basketball player. Um, but before I go too crazy about Evan Mobley, I this game was closer than I thought it would be. I didn't think this would only be a six point six point win for the Hawks. No, uh, it was. Really I I, th- I thought this I thought this would be have been a significant blow, especially with Trey dropping thirty eight. Um, Garland had a really bad night shooting yeah. the basketball. Yeah, which just sucks because if he even had like a moderate night, there's a good chance the Cavs could have won this game, but. 
uh, yeah, he had a really off night. He was passive Most... down the stretch too. Like I was watching this game, I'm like, come because... on, like you're the star, man. Like you got to do something, but he just wasn't. I think that's why, like you know? that it's because he knew that he was oh, off. Yeah, he was off. Which really, I don't like that whole mentality. I don't like it. I don't either. care. I don't care if you're oh, like like Dion Waiter says, you'd rather go 0 of 30 than 0 of 10 30. or something like that. Yeah, because <laughs> that means you lost confidence. Keep shooting the damn ball. I mean, you don't get star. drafted like fifth overall. Yeah. You don't get your huge contract extension if you are not th- that guy. Shoot yeah. the da- shoot the basketball. Um, yeah, the uh, Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovic was really good this game as well. Yeah, he, uh, he the last two years really he started the season slow, and then coming. Well, he's also come started the season with, with injuries both seasons. I that thought. is true. Yeah, that is true. But he even when the games he's played. He hasn't started as well as most people as he ends every sing- both two years straight now. Uh, notice that in fantasy basketball as well. I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> I noticed. Um, but he he's picking it up. He's really really good. Like yeah, anytime the, re- the Hawks have played in these games, I've always I've noted I've wrote stuff about Bogdanovich because he's impressive. Great me. signing. Um, uh, I, I wanted Yeka. to add one thing to this Evan Mobley little thing you said. I wanted to bring up that Draymond Green said that Evan Mobley was a hybrid of Chris Bosh and Kevin Garnett with a little sp- uh, spice of uh, Tim Duncan. Um, you know, threw a bunch of legends in there. Um, he's that good. He is scary. He's got, like, through-the-roof potential. And he said, uh, he tweeted out, Mobley's special. He said, um, and then he said, uh, once he figures out his body, uh, forget about it. KG times Bosh with a little bit of Timmy D feel. That's what he said. <laughs> Look, I'll take Draymond's word for it. I mean, I'll I'll take Draymond's word for yeah. it. But Mo- Mobley is a special talent, and very the Cavs good. are very lucky to have him. Um, I'm not gonna say, not gonna say maybe the Pistons even should have taken him, but nah, the team Cade's, after the Pistons, Cade's great. Cade's great. Cade's great, but maybe the team after the Pistons probably Rockets, should have taken him. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just he's incredible. Yeah. I don't blame. I don't. I. Don't think Draymond's alone in thinking similar things about Mobley as the rest of the league. Anyone who really plays against him probably sees it. He's so talented. All but right. Uh, yeah, me. that that game was cool. Um, yeah, mixed feelings about that game. Uh, and then this one, there was the one more uh, playing game, right? Yeah. Which was the Pelicans the Clippers. versus Clippers with no Paul George. Um, and... The Clippers made it surprisingly very competitive. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram starts off super hot, eight for nine, uh, in the first quarter. Uh, but uh, you know, CJ McCollum wasn't having his best outing after his previous game. Um, and uh, oh, Larry Nance, uh, big shout out to him. He had like sixteen and twelve, uh, sixteen and twelve, or something like that. Uh, he was everywhere, like defensively, offensively. Even if the stats didn't show it, this guy was all over the place, and he was like wreaking havoc on both ends. And Trey Murphy, the rookie for the Pelicans, absolutely huge. Like his threes were were, uh, were big. Like I think he had something like wasn't it close to twenty points? I need to get fact checked on that. Fourteen. Yeah, fourteen points. Um, and yeah, Nance was at the stripe for two free throws he missed both of them uh which yep. kind of scared a lot right of people but uh it didn't matter uh batum uh, yeah fouled nance stupidly to get him there but 
Pals ended up winning this one, uh, so we'd see them in the play-in. Don't got much else to say about this game, do you? I feel so bad for Paul George. Yeah, I feel bad for Paul George. I feel so bad for Paul George. Oh, man, it's awful, especially the timing and all that, but yeah. Larry Nance was so good. I mean, JV was on the bench towards the end of the game for a considerable amount of it, right? Larry Nance playing. Yeah, Larry was. Nance was just too good. To... And even, all right, they ran two of them a bit too with Jackson Hayes, right? But yeah. Um, Jackson Hayes is really bad. That's bad. just something I want to say. He was great. Jackson Hayes. The season. I, I thought going into the going into the, his draft year, Jackson Hayes, I th- he went eighth overall if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 2019. I had really high hopes for Jackson Hayes. I thought he was raw, but I thought he had. I thought he had like. I think he played football a lot when he was younger. He had a re- he also has really good hand. Well, he had really good hands. Um, he would do like he would find spaces in passing lanes really well for for like little slip passes or or alley oops and all that. He has this great athletic ability, vertical player, good shot blocker. Not the greatest rebounder in the world, but that's not his game. So can't really knock him too much for i mean he didn't even show that at texas really but i had high hopes for him going in especially defensively and to say i've been disappointed would be an absolute understatement uh the shot blocking has kind of gone yeah dropped off uh from college which is understandable especially in his first year but he's in, in his third year now and i'm struggling to notice any progress he's made in the last three years uh he hasn't really added too much to his league for three years now yeah this this was his third year jeez i thought it was his second no this is his third year i thought he was gonna be good damn but i'm starting to lose hope on jackson a's uh i didn't like him in that last game against clippers he didn't play that much though i think he only played about 15 minutes yeah i didn't remember him at all but uh i i don't know how much of a player is really there I, I don't know what type of second contract he's going to get. Because he's not bad enough to not be in the league. No, he's definitely good enough. But... Maybe another team would... Eighth overall... Seek him out. Is looking like a bad pick by the Pelicans. And I don't see the fit long term. Especially... Well, Zion's coming 20, back. 2019. When they, they drafted him in 2019. Which was... Really dumb, if you think about it. Because, uh... They drafted Zion seven picks earlier, mm. and how would Jackson Hayes and Zion possibly fit yeah. in the same front court? So, yeah, he—I don't think he's a Pelican long term. Yeah, um, it, it was the game. It was fine. Pelicans make the eighth seed uh, to play uh, the Suns, which hasn't happened yet, but it'll happen later. So we're probably not going to cover that game today, um, but. Let's jump into the playoffs as every almost every series has been played at least one game from them now. Uh, and I think the first game of the uh, playoffs was the Jazz versus Mavs. And this was an afternoon game on Saturday. Um, and the first thing I noticed in the first quarter was the Mavs were left open for so many three-pointers. Um, and... Brunson and especially Spencer Dinwiddie were keeping the Mavs just going like uh, so much energy. Um, Brunson was the guy as Luca is out for was out for that first game and he's doubtful for the second game, which is a big big loss for the Mavs. Um, but 
the only bright side I saw in Utah uh, for the first little bit was uh, Bogdanovich, who ended up having, uh, and not the Hawks Bogdanovich, the uh, Jazz Bogdanovich. Um, he uh, was just making shots even when he doesn't have to shoot threes because the Mavs are doing a great job at uh, getting rid of the three-point shot for the uh, Utah team. Um, and yeah, Bojan was just able to get his way to the basket, slither in, make tough uh, jump shots, fadeaways, layups, um, which isn't. Uh, I mean, he, he's a he's a big guy from three, but I mean, he was forced to use some of his more secondary scoring abilities rather than shooting open jump shots. The Jazz are screwed. Yeah, and, and Rudy game, Gobert sure. took one shot. One shot for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that's that's not my concern. It's crazy. Well, that though. is a that is, is a concern. That is a significant <laughs> a concern. concern. <laughs> because I only recall Donovan Mitchell passing the ball to Rudy Gobert. I didn't see it one once. Time. I did not see it once. And it was when Donovan Mitchell was on the floor, yeah. and Rudy Gobert was the closest that's guy to crazy. him. So, that's so and weird. Rudy gave it right back. That's the only time I remember him. Pa- they don't like. I don't think they like each other. They but do not like each that's, other. <laughs> that's 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 kind of like a bit irrelevant because winning covers all. But they are not winning anything because I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've said it many times before and I'll say it many times again. Rudy Gobert is the best, not just the best def- like interior defender on that team. He is the best perimeter defender on that team. The only other passable perimeter defender on the team is uh, Royce O'Neal. Was Royce and. Daniel House was supposed to be a passable defender. No, it is not. Mike Conley is past it. Yeah. And no one else is even okay. Now, sometimes you can cover that up with a well-organized defense. You can have defense that has that a really well-structured defense that can try to at least cover for your lack of actual ability on that side of the court. They don't have that. Um, Donovan Mitchell was a two-way player in college, and that just totally disappeared. Whatever, I guess, because he's an offensive dynamo now. But you're not going anywhere with with this team. You might as well just blow it up, right? Like you might as well just throw in the towel. Well, they got to trade either Gobert or Mitchell. Now this might be unpopular, but if I'm running that team, I'm trading Mitchell. Well, there's also rumors Mitchell, of him wanting out as well. So regardless of whether he wants out or not, like even if he wants to stay, it's a lot easier to find a Donovan Mitchell than a Rudy Gobert. A lot easier, because Rudy Gobert is like a like a like like a not elite doesn't describe how impactful he is defensively. Like he's like he's the guy on defense, right? And it's a lot easier to find like some hyper scoring guard than it is a Rudy Gobert, especially in a trade. But um, they're like. It's incredible how they've just not taken any steps forward, and they've effectively wasted like three years of the Rudy and Donovan's career because they haven't addressed their biggest weakness, which is an inability to guard anything on the printer. Which is something you notice, right? They were getting the the Mavericks were getting all those open looks from three. Maxi Kleba, um, everyone, everyone was getting open shots. Everyone. They didn't end up uh, closing it out, even though the Mavs had all these looks, like uh, Reggie Bullock and a big three. Um, but they just couldn't come up with the last shots, which, I mean, if they hit these shots, they're they're winning the game no matter what. But, uh, I mean, the Jazz, uh, Royce O'Neal, you just talked about him a bit. Uh, 
He hit a sidestep three-pointer to put the Jazz up four points with 50 seconds, and that was basically game. Um, and Dallas just couldn't come up with the final shots. Uh, we did a whole segment, probably 15 minutes, in uh, I think it was the last episode or the episode before that about what the Jazz need to fix. So I don't know if we need to reiterate all this stuff, but they have issues. And uh, I'm, I, I, I think I predicted them to come out. Uh, and also I'd like, uh, I didn't tell you this, but uh, I'd like to kind of predict after we talk about each game from each series, I'd like to kind of predict where the series will go. But um, anyways, I thought the, I think the Utah Jazz are going to win this series mainly because Luka is out for, uh, he's doubtful for, uh, game two, and I assume he's probably not going to play game three either. So um, I had the Jazz in, like, uh, I think I said the six games. Yeah, I'll probably, uh, maybe even five, to be honest. Five or six. Yeah, five uh, or six. If Luka comes back, though. If Luka, if Luka, if Luka played the two, first game. If Luka plays game three, then I think they'll the, the Mavericks will win in seven. Um, but if he doesn't show up, well, not show up if he's not healthy. Then the Jazz will probably win in six, uh, which sucks. I feel so bad for Luca. I yeah. like I was watching him while he was kind of just sitting there because he was at the game, obviously, and he's just kind of sitting there. And he so obviously wants to play, like which everyone knew, but he can't. And especially when he got hurt. Yeah, last, last game. game it's ridiculous. Like, Every other team's resting all, their stars. Every other team is resting their stars. Every other team in the NBA. Why Why, why would you play Luka? Playing? I don't get it. Uh, Especially it when he's been sense. dealing with injuries. Uh, I think I, I, Was it this year or last year? But I remember he was dealing with some stuff that was kind of giving him like uh, little stre- stretches of games where he couldn't play. But, uh, I mean, yeah, tough for the Mavs. We'll have to see what Luka, because Luka changes this whole series, obviously, uh, oh, being the best player in the series. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about this next game. Um uh, Grizzlies versus T Wolves, uh, which is gonna be a great series, uh, nonetheless. Uh, they're matched up very well. You have that Anthony Edwards Jaw head to head battle. They're kind of doing, even though you know you have Patrick Beverly guarding Jaw. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a game. This is a uh, two teams that like playing aggressively, and uh, they both did that. Um, uh, although the Wolves started to kind of take control with an early uh, 12-point lead. Jaron Jackson Jr., early foul trouble. Um, three fouls at the start of the second uh, quarter. And um, same with Nas Reed. Uh, and I really liked what, uh, on the other side of things, um, I liked what uh, Tyus Jones was doing offensively for the um, Grizzlies. Um, and yeah, uh, this game was pretty... Energetic. The Wolves ended up coming out on top by I think like thirteen points, um, and yeah, this game was a good game. Carl Anthony Towns had a much better performance than he did in the uh, was it play-in, and uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this game? If you're a Grizzlies fan, I'm sure most most Grizzlies fan understand this very well, but there's no reason to panic. I can still very comfortably see this series being five games. Me too. That's what I said. Uh, I, I think it'll go to six, but if it goes to just five, because they won the first me. game, I'd say six as well. But uh, the the Timberwolves played really good. Anthony Edwards 
showed what's up. He's a star. He's he is a star. A, he is a star. Yeah. Um, Carl Anthony Towns also showed what's up, but just the Timberwolves team as a whole. I mean, even Malik Beasley. Yeah, he was good. He finally played like a guy who's supposed to be like he did last season that he's earning. Remember last but, season, uh, the end of that uh, season stretch. It's great. But the Timberwolves shot way better than they normally do. The Grizzlies shot way worse than they normally do, especially from three. So things will balance out, and the Grizzlies are just a better basketball team. Uh, Jaw disappointed me in this game, though. I know he dropped 32 and 8, but I was not particularly impressed. He's got to take more like, control. Like, I mean, it's his. He's got to take more control down the stretch when it's close game. I, I think he needs to be more in control of himself too, especially when he's going the paint. Like he was getting banged up and all that, and complaining. Mm-hmm. But uh, he knows what's up. He's this is this isn't his first time in this type of situation, and I'm sure he'll make the adjustments he needs to. But he needs to. I think he needs to control himself in the paint a little better. But just random side note: Jaw being the leading scorer in the NBA in the paint is ridiculous, because he's this like really skinny like six three guy. Which is wild, and he's the leading scorer in the league in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dylan Brooks actually played pretty well too. Desmond Bain didn't have his greatest every game. The Jaron Jackson foul trouble is really significant. Yeah, very significant. Uh, he can't go back to the old Jaron. Relied Jackson on a lot on uh, Stephen Adams that game. He yeah, and Stephen Adams well wasn't the best. Yeah, but Jaren, he Jaron can't go back to the old Jaron where he's just foul, fouling out practically every every other game. Because if that does happen, then the unthinkable could actually happen. But I'm not too worried again. The first playoff game. Uh, no need to. There was one more game on the on Saturday. Uh, Raptors versus 76ers, um, and this was a blowout. Uh, two two more games. Two more games. Oh, Nuggets yeah, and Nuggets Warriors. Were. Sorry, forgot about that. Let's talk about that one uh, after this Raptors 76 one because I already started talking about it. But. Uh, yeah, this was a rough game for the Raptors, especially with the players that they ended up losing this game. Uh, Scotty Barnes and Thaddeus Young both uh, exited the game and are doubtful for the next game. Same with uh, Gary Trent Jr. was uh, a significant Who cares loss. about Thaddeus Young? He's been a good pickup, but... Uh... <laughs> he played five minutes. Because ah, he got injured. That's true. <laughs> nice nice one. <laughs> um, but Scotty look, Barnes... Look, how many, how many minutes has he been playing this season for that team? Uh, I think around 15. So, uh, 18. And he's a good playoff player. So, hey, it's a small, it's a small little loss. Okay. But anyways, um, and some people thought it was intentional. So that's kind of why. Um, but a lot of, uh, from what I've heard, uh, cause I wasn't, both of us weren't able to actually, uh, watch this game live, but, uh, I mean, the Raptors did a good job at, uh, keeping Embiid relatively quiet. Uh, and he didn't shoot efficiently either. I think he was pretty like five for 15 or something but um yeah a lot of threes harden uh from the highlights that i watched uh harden was just slicing the defense open with his playmaking ability like he had like i think something like 15 assists close to that 13 assists um 14. nice right in between um yep. and i i don't think he reached 20 points but he was near there um 22 20 what 22 22 awesome uh just right off, off every time. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't even uh, – putting on the scoring clinic wasn't even MB or Harden. It was Tyrese Maxey who had uh, 37, 
right? Eight. Thirty-eight. 38. I had that was also my feeling. It was thirty-eight. Um, and yeah, I saw this incredible pass from Harden where he took it uh, two hands above his head with the ball. Uh, running up break and just bounce pass through like two defenders straight to Maxi for the tough finish. Man, like it's crazy. Uh, I don't think, uh, well, now with the loss of Scotty, Scotty Barnes, I can't see the Raptors winning a game this series. With no Scotty, uh, I, I had the Sixers and six. I had, I had the Sixers and six originally with the Raptors healthy. Uh, but I can see them winning max. Just like you said, I guess I'm gonna be a little generous here. Maximum one game. Uh, yeah, I can see them winning one still. One I game. Think and Tobias Harris had a good home. game. You can't kind of brush off yeah. that. But I, th- I think the 76ers are won both at home. Toronto's gonna win game three, and then the 76ers are just gonna win the next four and five. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Scotty Barnes lost, especially big the loss. Like and uh, we didn't really dead. talk about how it happened, but uh, yeah. Uh, Embiid was a lot of Raptors fans are really angry about this being maybe intentional I don't Not believe it chance. was intentional at all no I saw some chance. guy like slow down the thing and he's like Embiid saw Scotty coming out of the corner of his eyes and he's like why would he pivot onto Scotty's foot but I'm like he's doing like a like a drop step motion no from the chance. post why what do you mean why would he pivot his foot because he's trying to get to the basket and I mean no, it's unfortunate but Scotty Barnes was in the way and he stepped on Scotty's ankle which looked pretty ugly in the replays um, and, uh, yeah, he was grimacing in pain on the floor and, uh, huge loss to the Raptors. I mean, it sucks, but their team that, you know, they've also got a relatively good amount of time, uh, on their hands. Uh, I mean, they could still make this series competitive. It's a tough first round matchup for them. Uh, but the Embiid intentional injury thing, I think that is incredibly dumb, but, uh, no, there's, there's, there's no chance. Uh, yeah. but What's face? Scotty was also having like yeah he was he was the best player on the team for incredible. the Raptors. Oh yeah, game. he was he was having yeah. an incredible game. I was rewatching the game late after it ended later, but uh, he was incredible. Um, so it really sucks to see him go out. I mean, the Raptors as a whole played pretty well. This the Seventy Sixers probably played their the best they have all season long. I think yeah. they only had three turnovers, which is like the tied for the least in NBA history in a playoff game. But one thing that I just have to mention while we're still early in the playoffs, um. Harden and Embiid, two big guys on the free throws, right? The whole not calling fouls the same in the playoffs, to me, is the dumbest thing in the NBA. If you're not going to call certain fouls in the playoffs, don't call don't them call in the regular, regular season. season. Yeah, yeah. The rule book did not change. Yeah. Look, Harden and Embiid, they still got to the line. Embiid still took 11 free throws, Harden still took 7. So it's really not like a huge issue this game, but it's just something in general. The rule book stays the same throughout the whole season. Why are you calling it any differently as a ref? Just because it's playoffs, it does not matter. Uh, if you want to call it like that in the playoffs, be my guest. But call it like that in the regular season yeah, too, right? It's part of their bag. Because they practice this all season, right? Exactly. They get why these, are you changing? They get these moves, and they know what the refs are going to call and what they're not going to call. So, why would you? Oh, I'm. You know, like it's like a lot of people hate the excessive free throw things. I I really like it. I don't mind it either. Personally, I I, I like it. I think I think it's cool to see like players manipulate the rule book to try and get certain things their way. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, it slows the game down, which I can see the loss in entertainment value. But I just I think I think it's cool to see. But. I just can't understand why officials call the game differently 
at different points in the season, even at different points in the game. Like if yeah. like you don't call the same things like you do in the last yeah, two minutes as you did the yeah, first forty six, which different. is also ridiculous to me. But um, call the game the same. Yeah. Like the if you want more physicality, okay, allow more physicality. The eighty two game regular season as well. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. Also, as an official, like you call it one way for eighty two games straight, and then literally just on a dime you just switch it up. Because. Mm. Everyone acknowledges that refs make mistakes. Refs aren't perfect and all that. But one thing that people really ask for is consistency. Be consistent throughout the entire NBA season. I don't know. That's just that's 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 just something I noticed that I really don't like. Yeah. And we're gonna see it later and later throughout the playoffs as well. It oh, hasn't yeah, really come it's into just starting. fruition yet. You know, it's just it, it hasn't really come into a huge effect yet. But as we get later on, especially in like the conference finals, even the NBA finals. It's gonna it's gonna come up big probably. There's probably gonna be a moment where it's like this would have been a foul in the season. Yeah. And and it lost the team a game. Um let's jump into Easter Sunday's playoff games. Uh let's start off by the Heat and the Hawks. I've got a lot to say about this game. Uh uh the Hawks just uh, fell apart, got blown out, twenty four point loss to the Heat. Um I can't see the Hawks winning one more game, uh, more than one game in this series. Uh, especially this guy, I've been saying he is a great player and a guy I'd love to have on my favorite team at some point. Uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, incredible. Um, nine for 10 from the field, eight for nine from three. Absolutely stellar performance from Duncan. Uh, had an and one three pointer. Uh, this guy is a playoff player. And uh, I mean, he's a guy that if you're contending, he's a beautiful piece to have on your team. Uh, same with PJ Tucker. Uh, he hit uh, four three-pointers in this game, four for four from three, uh, and he uh, had a couple layups. But, uh, man, uh, one thing also I noticed on defense uh, for the Heat, who, which was uh, really impressive to me, they held Trey Young to one for 12 from the field, and they just swarmed him. Like, I have not seen, like, a player get swarmed like this, like, in a while. But like uh, Trey Young, like every single time he'd come, as usually he'll start off like possessions of the screen, what I kind of noticed. But like right off the screen, no matter who it is, they can switch on to Trey, and that's like the advantage that this Heat team has with like having every single player on the team be a good defender, except for like I mean the rare few. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you have Trey Young on the perimeter, and like you can switch like PJ Tucker, Bam, Jimmy, uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, basically anyone that's on the court can it, like that's the advantage they have they can switch and Trey Young was held to one made shot um yeah i how, mean how much do you think how much do you think that like yeah it makes sense in this game but just more generally how much do you think when a player has an off night like do you think there's a certain point with the nba players or just people in really any aspect where how much of it is due to the team's defense compared to just the person themselves having an off night. I think it's more defense than the. Like I, I can I I get it for this Trey Young game because the Heat just mauled yeah. him practically. Because yeah. really no one on the Hawks had it going yeah. except for like DeAndre Hunter. Like even uh, Bogdan. Well, Gallinari was alright. Ga- Gallo was alright. Herder was okay. Well, Herder, I don't even want to call him okay. Uh, <laughs> John Collins was back, which was yeah, he uh, yeah cool, didn't but, mention that, but he was. Uh, but uh, I don't know. yeah, like no one else was really there for the Hawks, so they 
kind of had no shame and just kind of attacked Trey Young, right? But just on a more general note, how much do you think is the, uh, is uh, like our like let's 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 pick like hmm, Kyrie Irving. We'll talk about him later too. But when he's when he's having an off night, right? How much of that do you think is due to the team guarding him well compared to just Kyrie Irving being off? Well, I think for Kyrie Irving, it's a special case because Kyrie Irving has so much more in his bag than Trey Young does. Obviously, well, just, like, I it mean, doesn't only have to be, like, um, I think because personally, personally, I think at a certain point, if I, you're an established I, star, enough... if you're an established star, like like if you're picking at stars. I think it's uh, oh, just obviously, shooting. Obviously, like, I'm yeah, not talking, like, I think it's an off-night shooting. Like I think it's an like, off-night like, shooting. At a certain point, because you played all these defenses so good. in your career, you played exactly. all these players defenses are so good. Where it doesn't matter what defense you play. Yeah, you it doesn't matter. They're having it does not matter. Like Kyrie Irving, KD, Harden, LeBron, Giannis, like those stars. You you can't guard them. You can do the swarm you thing just, like you did for Trey Young, but Trey Young just doesn't have another guy that can take over like he would, right? Yeah. I mean, you but, do that to Embiid, you swarm Embiid on the Sixers like the Raptors did, and Maxi goes Harden, off, Maxie, Harden goes off, Tyler, Tobias goes off, Tobias. but Trey Young doesn't have that secondary uh, star. I mean, it would have helped that they have Clint, but I'm not calling Clint a star, and I'm not going to call Collins a star, and they're also big men, so typically big men can't dominate like that. Um, Whoa! I mean, well, like besides those Jokic, yeah, not those, those types, types of, big, of big, men. big men. You know, okay. you know the select few that I'm talking about. The, you can't give yeah. the ball to Rudy Gobert and tell him to take over the game. You know, no, you cannot. so I'm talking about like Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, if you want to call him a big man. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Trey, you yeah. swarm Trey Young, and if no one else shows up, you are in the water. Um, but yeah, that game. I don't even. I don't even know what saying that was. But it kind of just. I don't know what that means. To be in the honest. in the mud, maybe I'll say that. But uh, no, I think I think you mean in the clear. In the clear. No, I'm saying it from the hawks. In the, the hawks. The hawks. Oh, from in the, the hawks. Mud, from, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hawks yeah, in the mud. Okay, yeah. Hawks okay. in the mud makes sense. Yeah. And the, but the heat. The heat are in the, the clear. clear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. In the water though. Let's move on. An incredible game. Incredible game. I know you didn't catch oh, the last quarter, but Celtics Nets. How it always uh, goes. Celtics won by one point on a buzzer beater layup from Jason Tatum. Uh, wow, this game was awesome. Uh, um, and man, Kyrie Irving, uh, Boston was letting him hear it. He was at the free throw line, and all you could hear in the screen was Kyrie sucks. Like it was so loud. Which is so. Which, I, I don't know. <laughs> and Kai was throwing middle fingers it. around. Um, man, it was the atmosphere Amazing in the game. garden. Holy! Boston is the place. Oh to man, play. it was but nuts. The booing. I don't. I gotta I, get over it. It was like, three. Was it three seasons or four? Like, forget that. Even if it was last year. Even if it was last year. Yeah. What are you trying to achieve as a fan? When you're booing a player, to make like, them shoot bad. But some players feed off Kyrie that. Irving. Though. Yeah, some players. Are I forget feed the feet. Look, I honestly, honestly, I feel like 99% of NBA players, especially the really good ones, do not care. Yeah, it's it's not like they don't care. Well, when it you're in the game, when you're in a game, a lot of that's just like zoned out of your mind. Exactly. Like they do not care. 
Yeah. But, like, really, what are you trying to achieve by booing the guy? And, like, grow up. Like, really? Grow, grow like, up. Like, grown like, men. Grown boo- men just, yeah. <laughs> like, grown saying men the just weirdest things this guy. to Kyrie. Grow, grow, like, like, just, like, making, like, Kyrie suck signs and all that. Like, if you're over the age of, like, 13, get over yourself. Yeah. Like, why are you booing? <laughs> but, uh. Like, just grow up, yeah. buddy. Kyrie was great, it's though. It's kind of embarrassing. He, he was really good. Uh, besides so all good. the stuff that fans were saying, uh, he was great. Um, KD uh, wasn't as efficient as you'd like him to be. But, uh, I mean, the Nets, they, they, this was a game of just back and forth, uh, nonstop attack from both sides. Jalen Brown was playing through his like whole face was bleeding. Like his nose and his yeah. mouth was bleeding, and he was getting pulled off the court at times to like fix him up every couple minutes. But uh, man, like the Nets were up one, one fourteen to one thirteen, and there's like five seconds left. Jalen Brown kicks it out. Uh, I can't remember who the second guy to touch the ball was, but I think it was like Al Horford or something, uh, who had a great game. Al Horford had a great game, even though Bruce Brown said, "Oh, the Hawks don't have Robert Williams, so we need to attack Al Horford every time." So that didn't aid his own words there. But um, Al Horford, whoever it was, or maybe it was Tice, but threw it to Jason Tatum. Uh, and Jason Tatum catches it mid-spin. He spins off Kyrie and gets this layup. And, like, I think that was his first playoff buzzer beater in his career. And it was the first playoff buzzer beater as a Celtics player since 2010 when Paul Pierce did it. But, um, like, man, this was a crazy game. Uh, I was hoping the Nets would win because that's kind of my title favorites. But, um, yeah. This was a great game. Absolutely crazy. Uh, and that was probably the highlight of these past two days for playoff games, as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Or, um, that, that Jazz Mavs game was pretty good, but um, definitely the best playoff game so far. Uh, and this is going to be an iconic series. This is going to be the probably best first-round matchup in the league well who can you see there's the nugs warriors well, rap look, sixers this season this season this sure. season yeah that's what i'm saying but these like people like like this this one well there's gonna be there's gonna be the storyline of ben simmons coming back um ben simmons might come back mid-series um and you know that just adds the storyline of uh a hard-fought battle you're gonna be like oh game one two three it's gonna be hard uh, fights, and then you have the emergence of Ben Simmons coming back, seeing what he can do. Uh, you know, it might be a cool, it might be a what, very what good I, story for this year, and what it's I, what certainly I mean looking so, like it. What I mean more so is like the like the people label like this one's this is a classic series. This is like this like all time like great series. It's like in a couple years, I feel like most people are gonna forget this series, just like every other one. Yeah. Every, like well, most, most people only remember that, a final series. Most, if we're being like, honest, maybe the occasional conference. Yeah, finals. maybe the occasional conference finals, like the Bucks and uh, finals. The like, Bucks these Nets first series, labeling them classics. In five years, you'll have forgotten about it. I, maybe you'll remember that it happened, and maybe you'll remember that it was close. Yeah, maybe the recent uh, series that I'd it. say would be classics that I can pick off is the Rap Sixers when Kawhi was there, and then yeah. uh, I think the I think that Bucks KD one last year is pretty classic but 
that was last year. I know. Like let's. But let's, I mean, let's. Yeah, years, we'll use it soon. But right? uh, like, like you're the um, like, I can hmm. see the Kawhi one. I can see that. Yeah. Because just because of the, of that the way that shot went in. Yeah. And then what that led to. Yeah. Uh, outside of people in Milwaukee, who's remembering that KD series? Like really, like really, give it some time. Most people are gonna forget it. Um, yeah, it's just like people just don't remember these things, right? Like, I mean, typically really the series cool. has to be a game seven to be like yeah, a classic. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna downplay how great of moments they are and how great like of a basketball game it was. But it's just like you're probably not gonna remember. I mean, that's that. true. I mean, it's like it's, it has to be encapsulated in a series, right, for it to be classic, not just one game in the series. I mean, that that KD shot when he was on the line—that's a classic game. Maybe you could argue. Or classic a moment within the game. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like most people aren't even gonna remember that. I think people are gonna remember his flip like, being on the line, maybe. Maybe like as like, a KD, like, as a part KD, of KD's, KD's legacy. Gonna retire. KD's gonna retire, in like what five years? Uh, um, maybe less even. I'd say five. Maybe like thir- some some something like that. Give it like another five after that. Everyone's forgotten about that shot with his outside, foot on the line outside. Outside of the people in Milwaukee um, and maybe some Brooklyn fans, but like the general NBA fan is not. Good. I don't know. I don't know. That's obviously I'm something. That's something we can't really predict. Yeah. On this we'll podcast, but uh, uh, let's move on. Uh, Box Bulls game. We caught this uh, the end of this game just right uh, about ten minutes before we uh, started recording. But uh, it's a really boring game. Boring. Boring. Really the series close. is going to be boring. Um, and I can't see the Bulls winning a single game. This is the box. This is the champions, defending champions that we're talking about here. Uh, I really don't have anything to say. It's just like Bucks are really good. DeRozan had a really off night. Really off, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, doesn't want to earn back that nickname he had on the Raptors. That is that is very true. What he was six of twenty five. I think Vooch. The Vooch had a good game. The yeah. Vooch was still like nine of twenty seven. Levine was six of nineteen. So, I mean, the Bucks were fairly off to Chris and Drew, but really, it's like I don't know. The Bucks. It's this is just not a series that excites me. This is probably the most boring series. Oh yeah. To be honest, it's, and and the, the Pel- Bulls Pelican suck. Suns. The Bulls and aren't Pel- good. Pelican Suns. Pelican Suns, those those two series. Um, yeah, that game uh, is in play right now, and the Suns are up twenty, uh, basically twenty, and it's almost halftime. So, I, I doubt even if this game was finished, I don't think we have anything more to say than what we just talked about the Bulls in the box. I think it's kind of going to be the same outcome. Just boring, uh, boring, and very predictable. Both of those I predict will Absolutely. be sweeps. So, um, who do you have as your champions? I know I mentioned mine was probably the Nets. Uh, but who do you have in their finals, and then who do you have in your champions? I think I had Suns and... I can't remember who I had coming out of the East, to be honest. I know we did the predictions, but I can't even remember what it was. I had uh, the... I know I had Suns. I had the Warriors and the Nets, and I had the Nets in six. But the Celtics thing's kind of scaring me a little bit, so... The Celtics, if Robert Williams comes back... He's not going to come back this series. I think he might. I don't think so. I'm not sure. But, uh, if he were back, then I would probably say the Celtics. Yeah, but then the if East. Ben comes back, you know, we'll see. Um, 
Okay. Okay. Um, so right now, uh, I think we should just do a quick, uh, the award nominations dropped today. Uh, I think we'll kind of dive into this more on a separate episode, but, uh, right now I kind of just like to kind of talk about this for uh, probably like 15 minutes or so, uh, about all the awards that dropped and all the nominations that were, uh, the three nomination nominees per, uh, six awards that the NBA does every year. Um, we'll start off with MVP. Uh, I think do you have Jokic as your MVP. Yeah. It was Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, who everyone knew that was going to be the nominations. And uh, I think I have Jokic as well. Um, yeah, it's and it's pretty. It's it's it's, it's not it's not very that. hard to say that it's no. going to be Jokic, um, no. who's just been stellar this year. No, there's two best players beside him gone all year. Um, I we really don't have to talk more about this MVP thing because it's pretty obvious. Uh, rookie of the year you said was Evan Mobley. Um, the nominees were Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, and Scotty Barnes. Um, I could see a case for all three of them. Uh, personally, I think I would be going with um, either Mobley or Cade. But I'm I'm leaning more towards Mobley. I I know Cade had a really really good second half of the season, uh, even though it didn't really translate to wins, because obviously when you're the best player uh, coming into the draft, um, you're gonna get drafted by the worst team, uh, one of the worst teams in the NBA. So that's not something you should factor into the rookie of the year voting is wins. Oh but yeah, but Evan Mobley is my. Kate pick, is the probably. one I can see the argument the least for. The least out okay. of the three. Well, the I least. picked Evan Mobley, so. <laughs> Mobley is my one. Yeah, Mobley is my one. If as he well. doesn't win it, I will be very confused. Yeah, Mobley. Um, I think Scotty's gonna get a lot of votes though, so. Scotty, if if Scotty wins it. Oh, and to add to that, uh, to add to that Jokic thing, he already has like he's already leading the ballot in votes because they released uh, some sort of ballot. That's just media, though. Is that media? That's just media. Oh well, I mean, it was like was twenty to like eight was the next closest. So. Yeah, but that that was just. Media, um, so I'm not really too. Yeah, I got uh, I got Evan Mobley. So. I th- I think Mobley. Uh, I can somewhat see the I can see the Scotty argument. Yeah, me too. I cannot see the Cade argument. I don't think Cade should. Uh, look, I don't know. Obviously, they're all great players, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no one's questioning how good they are, but just their rookie campaign as a whole. Don't forget the season was 82 games long. Not 41. It's not just the second half. It's not just post-All-Star break. It's not just New Year. That's true. 82 games. Yeah, that's true. You got me there. Scotty Barnes, I can see it. Yeah. Even though I still don't think he, it's it's he's go, should win, I can see it. Cade, I can't see it. I think Cade has had the second second half. Yeah, out of the but three, again, yeah, that's it's it. The second half. The second half. That's not true. the whole season. It's not uh. NBA rookie of the second half. Yeah, that's it's true. NBA rookie of the <laughs> that year. Is, that is true. Right? Got me there. Um, and then I think the most predictable award out of all of these is six man of the year. If you're not giving it to Tyler Hero, I don't know what you are thinking because the other nominees were Cam Johnson, who I wouldn't really have expected. But, I mean, they had the best record in the NBA, so cool. And then uh, Kevin Love. Uh, I think that's going to be the runner-up. But, I mean... Not as consistent as you Give want Kevin to Love to get it. <laughs> I mean, I want, personally, I, I want Kevin Love to get it. I want Tyler Kevin Love to get it. it. Tyler Hero's going to get Give it, it though. Give it to Kevin. I, I'd put Give money on, on Tyler Hero for 100%. sure. It is such an easy pick. Uh, and But give it to Kevin anyways. Do you think Tyler Hero comes off the bench 
next season. Yeah, why not? I mean, I think that's kind of li- I mean, like limiting like the like, potential like he might have, with... but I mean, like, what's wrong with it? There's nothing like, wrong. If, I mean, if, if Manu still, Manu is still playing like 30 plus minutes a night. Yeah, I, I so, guess like, you could take him off the, the bench, first six but minutes of the game. most people look at like star players, like guys that come on. The, I mean, he's probably the best scorer on the Heat on most nights, uh, which some people have said. A lot, I've heard a lot of people say that he's the best scorer on the Heat. So uh, that's not just one of my takes, but some people would say that. I don't even know who else. Who would you say the best? Jimmy? Really? Is he even averaging uh, twenty sure points? <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't matter. But uh, I mean, Tyler Hero, uh, easy yeah. pick, easy pick. Don't got much to say about that. Defensive Player of the Year. You have Macau Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart. I can automatically take Rudy Gobert off that list because of he already has three of them, and I think that he's not going to get a fo- of another vote into the first place of the depoy. There's a lot of voter fatigue out there, my friend. He is the best defender in the NBA. Uh, but Giannis probably should have player, I think so too. But over Marcus Smart. I have Marcus Smart winning it this year. Marcus Smart better not win Defensive Player of the Year. If Marcus Smart wins Defensive Player of the Year, I will be very annoyed. Yeah. And I will I will be very, very uh, frustrated. Not frustrated. I'll be very confused. If that's for sure. Because... Uh, He's, I mean, I, again, I stand by the Rudy Gobert is by far number one. But sure, if you don't want to give it him, that voter fatigue, all that, I, well, I don't get it, but like, I get it, right? Like, I get that's how it works, but it just doesn't make sense. Give it to Macau. Don't you dare give it to Marcus Smart. Don't you dare give it to Marcus Smart. Not a chance. Look, really good defender, obviously. You don't get nominated if you aren't. Best in the NBA? Is he the best on his team? Uh, I don't know. You could argue. I'm not taking him, him over. I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking him over t- the timeline. Personally, I just wish Draymond played the whole season. Oh yeah, if Draymond played the whole season. Man, he had that in his bag. It was already in his trophy still case. Undeserved. Already in his still trophy case. Wouldn't have been deserved. What? Because Rudy Gobert should be winning. I mean, if Draymond didn't miss that whole stretch of like, what was it like? How many oh, games? Yeah, he would have won it. Like, yeah. He would have won it for sure. But uh, he still wouldn't have deserved it. Yeah, okay. Because at that point, he was not playing. But the Warriors had the best either. defense in the league, didn't they? At that point, before he got it's injured. It's not just one person on the court, right? I know. He doesn't play with a single other competent defender on the team. I guess that's true. But eh, I don't know. Um, so just personal I think we're there. predicting. Macau, I was very happy to see Macau. So who is your prediction be? should be Rudy, but they won't. But who's your prediction? That's why I'm not predicting Rudy. I'm predicting Marcus Smart. They'll probably... I'm going to say Mikal. All right. But it it should be Rudy, but I I swear if it's Marcus Smart, (laughs) it better not be Marcus Smart. Um, Look, again, so good. Yeah, he's good. Not even close to the best in the league. No, I wouldn't say so either. Not even close. I don't know why he kind of got thrown in there, but... Because the Celtics are good on defense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, then they had the best defensive had record, uh, best defensive rating. Best defense. Rating. Best defense. Yeah. In like the second half of the season. Um, let's talk about the most improved player, which is seems to be whoever goes from non All Star to All Star. Um, and you have Darius Garland, John Morant, and Dejounte Murray. Where is Jordan Poole? 
Yeah. <laughs> Where is Jordan Poole? I wouldn't put... Um... How can you give this to Ja? How can you give it to Ja? He was already... like like. I mean, Jerry yeah, he was already a star. He was already really good. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I didn't sure think he, of him sure as the most took... improved player. I think of it as a guy who's like a bench player, a role player, that kind of takes a huge step. Or like a guy that's like... Uh, I don't know. Like I'm surprised Miles Bridges didn't make the ballot. Like, uh, I mean, he was averaging 12 last year, and now he's averaging like 19 and a half. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I keep Darius Garland there, but like, John Morant was already a guy that was like a star. John was incredible. Yeah, last season he's like, had that. Like, I mean, has like a ton of moments. Obviously, like he's undoubtedly taking a huge leap. Like, no question about it. But he was already so good. Yeah. So, like, out of the three, he probably he took the biggest leap. But it just feels weird to give it to him because he was already so good. Exactly. And it's only, what, his third season? This is, was his third year, right? I mean, like, and, like, and he was like Jordan Poole like deserves... second this, overall pick. Jordan Poole is a guy that was coming out of the G League last year. He played in the G League. and uh, And now he's a guy that's dropping... 30 points in a playoff game yesterday. Uh, like, you know, it's... Jordan Poole definitely had that improvement and not because he was a star player like Ja, who already has that trajectory. You're not going to expect Ja to pl- plateau after last year, right? He's just going to get better and better and better. But Jordan Poole, he's not like a guy that you draft third overall or whatever Ja was. Was he third or second? I'm not sure. Ja was second. But, uh, I mean, like... It just feels weird. Yeah, it's weird. It just, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. But, like, out of the three nominated, out of Garland, Ja, and DeJounte, he took the biggest jump. But who do you and give it he's to? Go- he's who do you predict? Ja's going to win it. You think Ja's going to win it? Very I, I think I'd cross off DeJounte Murray. I think it's uh, oh, between Darius and Ja. And I think just because Ja uh, has this whole, like, Grizzlies being the second best team in the West. Like it just feels weird. It does feel like, weird because he's know. already it's a star just... guy that's like on trajectory to be one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, like you know. And like, remember how he started last season? I couldn't. Like, I last remember. Season, he started like before he hurt his ankle or something like that. And in the first three games, I think, like his first three games, I think he was averaging like thirties or something like that. Twenty six and six in his for his first three games before he got hurt. Then he had the slow like. Right back. Like, I remember first game of last season, I think he had, like, 44 or something like that. Yeah. Like, Ja was already really good. And he, like, no, I'm not questioning, again, like, I'm not questioning how big of a leap he took. He's become so much better. He's become, become a much better three-point shooter as well, too, but I don't know. He was already super good. Yeah. And he's just, I guess we're both predicting Ja because it's just, I don't know. It seems yeah. quite obvious that I'll probably win it. Uh, and then Coach of the Year, um, I was quite confused when I saw this because Monty Williams won that. You said it was the Coaches Association that granted him that award or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? Second year in a row. Which, like, I, I saw that notification. I'm like, what? Monty Williams Coach of the Year? But it wasn't that. Um, the nominees were Eric Spolstra, Taylor Jenkins, and Monty Williams. Um, personally, uh, I think the person who deserves it the most probably – hmm. I don't want to give it to Monty Williams this year. I I'm thinking between Taylor Jenkins and Eric Spolstra, because like I don't think anyone expected. Did did you expect the Grizzlies to be this dominant this year? Like second best team in, in the West. No. Yeah. So, 
I mean, that's pretty incredible. And like he's been making like super good adjustments mid game and but I also didn't expect the Heat to hold on to the one. And the Heat, the yeah, I mean, back. and Eric Spolster is already this coach that's a, like, I mean, you could say is legendary. I'd say he's probably a legendary coach. And right. he doesn't have a coach of the year in his resume, which is, which is abysmal. Weird. It's weird. You know, this is a guy that's, like, super high up on all-time wins and, like, uh, playoff wins. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that, uh, personally, I'd like to see Eric Spolster get the award. Especially because the Heat had all these different injuries from all different like players like Jimmy, uh, Bam, um, and they're just losing a bunch of players left and right. I mean, I know the Grizzlies lost Jaw and were twenty and two without Jaw, which is incredible. That's probably one of the biggest reasons that you can make Taylor Jenkins that huge argument. Uh, but personally, I'm okay with either Taylor or Eric. Uh, I think Monty Williams already has this incredible team around him. He's a great coach. But, like, out of these three coaches, he definitely has the best team. Um, I mean, they've been the one seed for, what, the past two years, right? They were the one seed last year. Um, I mean... No. They weren't the one seed? Who's Jazz. Ja- oh, right. The Jazz, Jazz always have that. One game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you have a guy like Monty Williams, like, has that guy like Chris Paul. A lot of people will say he's, like, the coach on the court. Um... And I mean, obviously, he's a guy that's like 37 years old with an insane basketball mind. But I mean, they're all great coaches. Personally, I don't know who I predict, honestly. I think I'm going to predict Eric Spolstra. This is, this is probably This is a weird one. Everyone could this get this award, and I wouldn't... Very comfortably, yeah. very comfortably give it to any of the three. Yeah. Monty, I feel bad that he's not getting it, because he's probably the least likely out of the three. Yeah. Uh, actually, wait. Part of, was I it feel Thibodeau like or Monty that won it last year? Uh, what's his face? Monty didn't win it last year. Um, Has Monty won a coach of the year? No, oh, but he's I only been he... like this type of coach for two years. This is the second year. Taylor Jenkins huh. won't get it. I'm very confident. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking it's whether he deserves it or not. I'm not saying he won't get it. Like I'm not saying whether he deserves it or not, but I'm very confident that he won't get it. Uh, I think he probably has to do this for like a couple more yeah. years before he really starts getting the credit. Could agree with you there. Uh, Spolster's probably gonna get it. I I'll predict Spolster, but really like any of the three, very comfortably be like, oh, he won. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so like this is this is the, this is. The I hard, can't like, see anyone getting MVPs. mad at this. I can't see anyone getting mad at any pick, honestly. Ex- except except for, for fans of the team. Fans of the team. So those are like. MB, uh, MVP, easy, rookie of the year, pretty easy, six man, no debate. Uh, Depoy, most improved, but coach of the year, this one's, I, I'm not sure. Really. And honestly, I kind of want to just like leave this whole like thing we were just talking about behind, like with all the awards. But um, personally, I think that uh, watching the NBA as a fan of a tanking team has taken like a whole different perspective on my head going into the playoffs. I mean, like last year the Pacers didn't make the playoffs, but they were a play-in team, and I was kind of watching, like, uh, rooting for my team to make the playoffs or whatever, and being like, or I don't even know if I was rooting for them because I know they were gonna get swept either way. But um, you know, rooting for that team to have a good playoff run. But uh, I mean, I know you've been dealing with the Rockets uh, and they're tanking for the past couple few years, but uh, 
I mean, as a fan of a guy uh, of a team with the fifth worst, uh, the fifth best lottery odds uh, going into the draft, uh, honestly, I can watch these uh, playoffs carefree, just stress-free, uh, rooting for whoever I want to, kind of enjoying basketball a little more and not like having to worry about anything. And it's, it's cool. I mean, I've never had this kind of experience with, uh, I mean, I've been watching the Pacers for like five seasons now. Um, and, you know, last time I've seen a playoff win was um, against Cavaliers way back, 2018. We were 0-9 since uh, Game 7, so uh, in the playoffs, that is, because we lost, lost Game 7 against the Cavs, and then you got swept by the Celtics and then swept by the Heat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Uh, I mean, I, I assume I'm going to have to – I mean, next year, low-key, Pacers might make a play-in kind of – They could make the play-in. Don't. You don't. don't think so? Don't. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised if they made the play-in, but I'm expecting next year to watch the playoffs the same way I'm watching them now uh, with, you know, depending where they get neutrality. the draft. You know, it's, it'll be neutral. Um, still hoping for that first pick. That's the only thing I got to worry about is the lottery in like 29 oh. days. You know, I got to think about... 29? It's 29 days. I know. And me, me and you both got to... Uh, if the Rockets <laughs> fall to four? Mark, if the Pacers I've fall to nine... I don't care. Look, look at this. I have look, a stat to, look, for to pull this up. This has been the worst team in the NBA for the last two years. You know, this is the Pacers' third worst record in history for the team. Kind of crazy. Um, but I wanted to bring up one stat I saw about the seventh lottery odds, um, which is super interesting. So since the new lottery odds were introduced in 2019, the team with the seventh best odds has always jumped into the top four. The Pelicans were the number seven odds. They jumped to one with Zion. Um, Chicago, uh, or sorry, yeah, three teams. That's what I meant to say. Chicago uh, were the seventh odds, and they jumped to four. Toronto, seven odds, jumped to four. And uh, Sacramento is seventh odds this year. Um, Will they break the streak? I don't know. Probably. Uh, No one likes the Kings. Kings. (laughs) Um, but yeah i'm just as a fan of the pacers i'm just looking at the lottery and as a fan of basketball i am just watching this playoffs uh, carefree stress-free and just uh wanting to see good basketball want to see close games and want to see uh close series so um you have any final thoughts on that kind of the same feeling exact same and i'm gonna be in this state for uh, you got you i think you might have longer than me um yeah but uh i think that's a good way to end off this podcast a little bit of a longer episode for you listeners today um and going into the playoffs we're expecting to see some more hard hard fought battles that we will cover next uh monday whenever you're hearing this uh have a good rest of your morning evening or night